Nate's going to be very upset. Sorry, I'm just now starting the recording. <laughs> so, so uh, I know we missed all the readings, right? So uh, the readings were chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Ephesians. Uh, and Dawn did pray today too, so that's part of the recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, we're all good. So looking at uh, this passage, there are some words that uh, kind of, uh, you. some of you already uh, addressed these words, submit. Okay, you see in the first part of that uh, passage, there's a lot of uh, submit, 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 submit. Like Paul's like trying to make sure that he gets that across. And then uh, there is the whole concept of master and slave, right? You see that happening. You see um, head and body, right? Uh, that, that whole con uh, terminology, there's a head and there's a body, and we'll unpack that. We see love and respect. So we see these words that Paul is using uh, to kind of help unpack this passage and to give us some insight um, as to uh, what might, uh, how we should live uh, as Christ followers, right? As follower, people that are filled in the Spirit and led by the Spirit. And I think one of the words that I read in one of our passages talks about a spirit guided relationship okay we have relationships but it's different when it's a spirit guided relationships okay and as we unpack this some of these may kind of uh, resonate with you in ways that maybe you um, experienced at some times in your life that maybe weren't well weren't done well and it might kind of um, uh, hit on some uh, Areas of your life where you're going, ah, oh, I wish that was done differently. You know what I mean? And there are other times you're going to read some of these passages and go, oh, yeah, that's happening really well. Because now that I have Jesus in me, I understand this, okay? Um, so let me ask you this question. Why do we struggle to submit? Why do we struggle to submit? We can't give up control. Give up control, okay. Not in Say what? I said it's not in our nature to give up control. It's not in our nature to give up control. <clears throat> what are some other reasons that we don't submit? The enemy likes to tell us we can't take control. Good. Okay. And I don't, I don't want us to just think from the standpoint of God, but just the word submit. What does that, when you hear the word submit in, a, in our culture, in the context that you're in, uh, in your environments, what, we struggle with that word. Why is that? Because uh, we like to uh, listen, but we don't like to put the words in action. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay. It's taken as a sign of weakness as well. Okay, sign of weakness. Okay, so let's kind of elaborate that on that a little bit. What is, where, where do we go with that? Weakness. How, how does it become weakness? We let the enemy uh, take over. Okay, we let the enemy take over. Okay. There's a misunderstanding. Maybe it's associated with power, okay? Weakness, power. When you think of submit, what do you what do you think of? What are some things that come to mind? What images come to your head? Give it in, give up. Having to do something you don't necessarily want to do. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right, we have all of these things that don't sit well, right? When you think of submit. They don't sit well, okay? Uh, like giving up authority, giving up power, giving up control, uh, doing things we don't like to do, being in an uncomfortable situation. Um, I think 
uh, I, I don't know, uh, slavery, does that associate with submitting? Uh, and, and, and I think there is this thing about submitting, and um, this is going off tangent here, but uh, that we have, the world is associated with, but submitting is a good thing in God's context, right? If you think about it, okay? So let's do something real quick before we jump into this. In your, uh, in your packet, this may not make sense, uh, it may make sense in the back, you should have a little diagram that I just put together based on this and give us a visual understanding. Um, the kingdom of God, <coughs> spirit-guided relationships, okay? If you think about it, you've got God the Father, God the Son, Jesus. What did Jesus do? Submitted to the will of the Father, right? He submitted to the will of the Father. What did the Father do in turn? He elevated him to a place of power and authority in the right hand of the Father, right? By being obedient, by submitting, by surrendering to the will of the Father. Then, if you look at the whole concept that we've talked about with relationships, husbands, wives, children, masters, slaves, okay? We all fall in this category somewhere. Either we are all children, we're be children, uh, we're a wife, maybe, we're a husband, we're a master, uh, and we're a slave, and I'll unpack that. But we're all called to do what? Submit to? The Father. So submit to Jesus, submit to the Father and, and to, uh, to the Son, right? Submit, right? We're supposed to surrender and submit to the will of the Father in our lives, okay? But think about this. If we struggle to submit because we have a bad understanding of submit submission, do we submit like we should? Okay? Now, if you, think, you just think through that, then we'll go through it after that. Now, everything, the, everything from the bottom up is submitting. Everything from the top down is um, uh, 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 being, uh, I, I don't want to use the word um, being the head, being the head, and like the husband is the head of the wife is what they talk about. Jesus is head over our lives. But if you look at the model of Jesus, what did he do for everyone that submitted? Did he come with authority or did he come to serve? To serve. Yes. How did he serve us the most? Dying on the cross. We submit, but the head died on our behalf so that what? We could be what? Elevated to be sons and daughters of God. Now start to think of how that submit works. Okay? Now apply that to okay. I think the church has taken the whole concept of wives submit to husbands and kind of twisted it in a messed up way, right? And as, and it has ruined the whole structure. But look at this: husband is ahead, the wife is, and the kids submit. The kids submit to your parents. Wives submit to husband. Okay. Um, why do we submit to Jesus? Because we want his love and his protection. Right? We submit out of love, not out of fear. We submit out of, out, out of awe and just the love that we have for Jesus, right? And because we want his protection. Think about that now from the standpoint of husbands, wives, and children. But husband is ahead, and we're, um, 
I'm pretty much I'm doing everything in this graphic you know, I won't be able to unpack that again. Uh, but husband is the head. But think of what Jesus did. Did Jesus walk around going, I'm the head. You do what I tell you to do. No, he gave his life. He died for the bride. But you can't me. The husband is supposed to pretty much serve his wife and kids in a way to help elevate them. And we'll see how the purification and all that comes with this. But there's a beauty that happens there. A master and a slave. If the master knows how to submit, he treats the slave differently and elevates the slave to a whole different state. And the slave understands the master and serves the master with the right heart. See how this all starts to kind of shift? It's upside down kingdom. It's God's kingdom. Okay, that, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's hard to see that. that Makes sense. It changes the dynamics of our relationships. And I put on here spirit-guided relationships, wives and husbands. Um, I, I this is a uh, I read this in one of the books where it talks. It's a precious the precious bond the precious bond. Okay, think about. Maybe I'm not asking for answers, but I know in my uh, in our marriage, not always has it been a precious bond. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because guess what? Selfishness comes into our marriages. It doesn't look like a precious bond between a husband and a wife, right? But but this is supposed to be a precious bond if it is done the way Christ is calling us to live our lives in relationship. Okay, so with that in mind, and that as a backdrop, let's kind of unpack the scripture. Uh, verse 21, and further, submit to one another. Hold on. Submit to one another. What does that mean? It's a two-way two thing. Submission is both ways. It doesn't say submit one way. Submit only if you have this title. No, submit to one another. Why do we submit? Why do we submit? Out of reverence for Christ. We submit out of reverence for Christ. And so how is this submitting happening? Now here we go. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. Okay, what is he talking about there? What does that mean? What does that what does that mean? Following leadership. Following leadership as to the Lord. Okay. So if we learn to submit to the Lord, right? If we can't submit to the Lord, it's hard for us to understand that dynamic, right? Because we feel like when we submit to the Lord, what happens? We give up our right right but why do we always struggle to submit because that's my right but once we submit to the Lord we learn how to live under his leadership and it becomes this beautiful bond that this precious bond uh, for husbands 
For the husband is the head of his wife. Here is where it gets kind of messy, right? Because we take that and go, oh, so I'm the boss. No, you're not. Okay? The head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. He's the what? What, what does that mean? What did he do? He protected the church. He came to protect the church. How did he protect the church? Through what? How did he protect the church? Through his sacrifice. By going to the cross. So the head died, gave up his life so that the church could be what? Protected, right? So as the husband, <laughs> you are... You're not dying for your wife, but you're, you're serving, you're giving your life and, and of yourself to what? Serve, right? Uh, so when I say, what does it mean to be the head? It's not authority. It's not tyrant of control, but a sacrificial, humble serving, right? As the husband, to love her like Christ loves the church, Think about that. To love her like Christ loves the church. That means you will do anything and everything for your wife so that you could serve her. Because what did Christ do? <laughs> he served his bride by going to the cross. So when we look at what does it mean to be the head, what it means is to wash the feet. What did Jesus do as the head? He washed the feet of his disciples and he said, now go do as I do. And he was the head. Right? And so it, it just changes how we see this. And let me and give you some context as to why Paul is even writing this. In the time of Paul, there was a lot of abuse when it came to the male and female gender. Like if you were a female, you were nobody. You didn't have any status. You were treated like pretty much like trash. Uh, in the Jewish culture, the men would pray and thank God that they were born as a male. And the woman uh, did not have any authority to divorce her husband. Uh, the husband could do anything he wanted. The woman was basically a slave to the husband. Okay. Uh, now, we feel like we, we don't see that around our culture, but the reality is still there. You go into certain parts of the world that I live in, or in, in Southeast Asia, you'll see some of those cultures still in existence. That is still happening. And it is starting to kind of make its way back into our cultures. Okay? Uh, there, is, there is this thing that is starting to emerge. And so that is why Paul is even writing this, and people have taken it and pulled it out of context and kind of used it to their advantage. But this is what we're looking at. So as the church, verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Okay? Why does the church submit to Christ? We talked about this a few minutes ago. Why? What happens when we come under Christ's submission? Okay, but why? Protection, right? The blessings of God, right? Protection, provision, okay? 
What else happens when you come under the protection of Christ? What does it do? He loves us, embraces us, and, and, and brings us into this relationship, right? This oneness that we are called to live with Christ, right? So, think of it that way. When a wife is submitting to her husband, she's coming under to be loved and what? Protected. Right? To, to, uh, we do this in premarital counseling, and it pretty much works out 95% of the time. A woman wants to always feel loved and protected. A man always wants to feel respect. You disrespect a, a man in front of in, in public, you could tear his tear him down. You don't show a woman love and protection, you will push her into a corner. That that kind of tends to be uh, the way it, 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 more in most cases. And if you look at that, we we submit and and there is this love and protection. So what is uh, what what is uh, what does it mean to submit? Submit is to be taken care of and to be protected. When we submit to Christ, what do we say? Will you take care of me and protect me and provide for me, right? To be taken care of and protected. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And here you go. He, he's he's unpacking it. He, uh, church. He gave up his life for her. He gave up his life for her. So basically, Paul's talking to husbands and saying, hey, you know what? That's not how you treat your wife. The way you treat your wife is you treat her like Christ loves the church. A sacrificial serving and giving of oneself. Okay, Submitting to the needs of your wife. So this is a mutual submission. Do you see how that works? It's a mutual submission. There's submitting happening on both sides. Okay? You submit by serving. You submit by coming under the love and protection. And there is a mutual submission that then leads to a beautiful, precious bond. Okay? And so we see that start to happen. So... Keep going. Why did Jesus come uh, and go willing to the cross? Why did he come and go willing to the cross? What was his goal? What was the goal of Jesus going to the cross? Pay. To pay our debt, yes. Yes. What else? With that. How, how is that? How is that illustrated or how is that um, portrayed in scripture? Save us from sin. Save us from sin, yeah. What, what, what did he do when he went to the cross? What did his blood do? Make us clean. It purified us. Cleansed us, right? So keeping that as imagery, now let's read that next passage there. Um, so, 25, husbands, okay? Uh, and he goes on to say, to make her. So what did Jesus do? The church. He gave up his life for her, the church. Jesus gave up his life for her to make her, the church, what? Holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's word. 
Okay, so Jesus went to the cross. He died for our sins. His blood purifies us and the word of God continues to what? Cleanse us and purify us and give us truth so that the, the junk inside of us can be cleaned out so that we can be made what? So that it keeps going there. Uh, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious uh, as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, uh, she will be holy and without fault. So what we, what we see here is Jesus went to the cross to do what? To make the church clean, holy and clean, to make us holy and clean, to purify us, right? And so Paul is taking that, and now look what happens here. Um, He is he's using that same thing and he says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Uh, hold on, did I miss something here? Yeah. Um, so the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Okay. But before that, let me, let me say something here. I think I jumped here. He, when I talked about he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or other blemish. Instead, uh, she will be holy and without fault, okay? So what we see here is that uh, in, uh, as husbands, we're also called, as wives, we're called through this submitting to help what? Help cleanse us and purify us of our what? What do, what do we normally? Are we selfish or selfless? Selfish, right? To purify us of what? Selfishness, right? Why do you think we have most of the challenges we have in our marriages? Is it because of selfishness or selflessness? Selfishness, right? So there's this selfishness that is living inside of us. But if you think about it, when we submit, does selfishness rule or selflessness rule? When there is serving, is selfishness rule or selflessness rule? Think about that. When you come home and you're tired and your wife is cooking a meal and you put your feet up on the recline and you say, oh man, I've had a long day. That doesn't go over very well. <laughs> <laughs> or you get up and you go, you know what, can I help you? Can I do the dishes? Can I clean up? Yes. You know what I mean? Think about that. Selfishness, selflessness. So when we start to submit, just like Christ purified the church, there is a purification that starts to happen inside of us, and we start to rid ourselves of our selfishness. I use this terminology. It's not original. I've heard it before. Uh, uh, marriage is not for our happiness. It's for our holiness. I tell people that uh, when you see uh, your husband or your wife you, and um, they become a mirror of you. So the things that annoy you about your partner is the things that you need to fix. Think about that. When you get annoyed with your husband or your wife, you stop and you go, huh, why does it annoy me? They need to fix that. Is that selfish or selfless? Selfish. That's selfish, right? But what if you were to say, oh, why does it annoy me? What do I need to change about that in myself? Is that selfless? 
Okay. So, so what, what this bond of marriage does is there is a purification that is starting to happen out of submission. You can't do that if you can't submit. And you can't learn to submit if you don't submit to Christ first. Do you look at that image diagram? That's why it's important to submit to Christ first. Because once you submit to Christ, then you learn how to submit. Then the whole process starts to flow a little better, right? So, jumping in here. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Okay? That's a little confusing, I know. But I kind of brought another verse in there and uh, inserted it in there to help us understand something. I'll read that again. In the same way, a husband ought to love their wives as they love their own body. Okay? For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. That is the verse that is uh, down below. Think about that. A man leaves his father and mother, and they're joined to, and they're joined, uh, uh, and he is joined to his wife, and the two are united to one. So think about it. if we are united into one body. If we don't love our wife or our husband, are we hurting ourselves? Because we're one body, right? Just imagine Misty and I are this body right now. She's not here, but I'm like punching this body. Who am I hurting? You're hurting yourself. Because we have one body. It's the same with Christ, right? We are united as one body in Christ, but we don't submit and we don't love. We hurt ourselves. How many times, I mean, think about this, how many times have you had an argument and you feel so miserable and you felt like you shouldn't have had that argument? Why is that? Now, if you don't have the spirit in you, that might be a whole different story. <laughs> but if you're truly united into one, as Christ is calling us to be, do we have an argument and walk away and go, oh, I feel so good? Or do you go, I feel so miserable? How many times have you done something really good for your partner and you walk away and you go, man, I feel so good. Why is that? Because we are united into one body, right? And so when we love our spouse, we are loving them like we're loving our own body because we are one. Now, you see how this precious bond starts to work now in Christ? Out of sub but it all starts with what? Submitting. Submitting to Christ first, and then submitting to each other. And then he goes on, no one hates his own body. <laughs> you hate your own body? Do we hate our bodies? <laughs> but how many times do we hate our spouse? <laughs> and that's the world we live in sometimes, because, right, or not sometimes, we live in. But feed and care for it just as Christ cares for the church. How do we feed and care 
for each other. <clears throat> by submitting, by loving, by serving, sacrificially giving, okay? We feed and using God's word to feed each other, right? We feed and, and husbands leading in spiritual formation in the home to be a spiritual leader and, and, and washing and purifying with the word. It, it, it's a whole gamut of stuff that starts to kind of unfold here. And we are members of the, the Christ cares for the church as we are members of his body. Like we are members, and that's what we talked about earlier. Okay? And then come back again, verse 31. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and are joined to his wife and two are united as one. This is a great mystery, but it is an um, illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Okay? Here we go again. And it's all intertwined, I know. But it's like, hey, we're submitting the church, husband, wife, kids, masters, slaves, no matter what, we're all leveled, leveled at the cross, right? It's all leveled at the cross, the foot of the cross. And we all come under submitting to Christ, learning how to do that well. And when we do that, then we take that next year, and even though there is some hierarchy set in place, it's still not for the purpose of power and authority, but it's for submitting. Okay. Now, once you figure that out, pretty much every other level of leadership kind of falls in the same way. Okay? So, let's keep going because I don't know what time it is. Uh, okay, whoa. We've got to keep going here. Let's go to the next one. So, let me, let me uh, I, I got some few more things. So, again, I say, to each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. One body. Okay? Um, husband loves... a. A husband's love for his wife resembles Christ's love for the church. Okay? Christ's love. And so here is how it's broken down. It's a serving love. Okay? That first blank is a serving love. If you think about it, what was the husband supposed to do? Serve her and serve his wife, right? A serving love. A purifying love. How does he purify her? With the Word, God, uh, word of God, right? By being the spiritual leader in the house, you start to purify your relationship through God's word, right? And, and aligning with God's word. So purifying love, a caring love. How do you care for it? By loving her as one body, right? Because if you uh, love her as one body, when you hurt and you care for her, you care for yourself, but it's the caring kind of love given to the wife. And the last thing is an unbreakable love, okay? Unbreakable because a man leaves his father and mother and are joined to his wife and they become what? One, united together as one, just like we are united with Christ. Think about it. If you apply this to Christ, what did he do? Serving love. He purified us. He cares for us, and he's calling us for an unbreakable love, right? We're one body in Christ. If you take those truths and you apply it to a marriage, it becomes a Christ-centered marriage, all under submitting, right? Not in the wrong way, but in the healthy way. Right. I'll just inside that, you know, this passage is tricky because um, we're human and um, there are lots and lots of marriages where, you know, 
either the husband is the picture, is striving for this picture, or the wife is, but they're not both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that causes some tension. 